This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, September 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Clovis omitted from hearing. USDA plan raising concerns. FSMA relief. And school meals on Farm Bill menu. Senate Agriculture Committee has finally announced plans for its confirmation hearing next week, and it will not include the controversial nomination of Sam Clovis to be USDA's Undersecretary for Research, Economics, and Education. The hearing will be limited to Steve Sinsky, the nominee for Deputy Secretary, and Ted McKinney, the Undersecretary for Trade. Clovis was nominated at the same time as Sinsky and McKinney, but the committee's top Democrat, Debbie Stabenow, has questioned Clovis' qualification for the post. Clovis also has come under fire from Democrats for statements he made as a conservative talk show host and political activist in Iowa. A spokeswoman for the committee said, still going through his paperwork. USDA wants input on reorganization plan. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue is looking for public comment on his plan to reorganize the department. That deadline is October 7th. The department hasn't released any new details of the plan beyond what was announced in a press release last week, but it includes a merger of the Agricultural Marketing Service with the Grain Inspection Packers and Stockyards Administration, or GIPSA. The National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition is, quote, seriously concerned about combining AMS and GIPSA, in part because GIPSA is a regulatory body and AMS is primarily a promotional agency. That the word of Ferd Hofner, senior strategic advisor to the group. The two agencies are, quote, a clear mismatch. NSAC has been pushing for tighter regulation of contracting practices in the livestock and the poultry industry. Hofner argues that the agencies have conflicting sets of stakeholders. The Packers and Stockyards Administration chief customer is the farmer, whereas two key laws that AMS administers, the U.S. Warehouse Act and the Perishable Agriculture Commodities Act, require the agency to assist brokers and handlers, he said. It's also not clear, given the absence of details about what staffing levels would be, whether the regional offices would stay in place, and so on, he said. The department says the merger would, quote, provide a unified USDA presence focused not on programs but on customers and the services they are provided. FDA provides FSMA relief. Food and Drug Administration is giving growers more time to comply with new safety rules for fresh produce and is taking a second look at the standards for irrigation water that were issued by the Obama administration. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb says the agency is extending the compliance dates for the water standards to give the agency time to decide whether the requirements are feasible for farmers in all regions of the country. Godley made the announcement at the annual meeting of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture. Later, he told AgriPulse Dan Enoch in an exclusive interview he doesn't want the agency to, quote, be in a situation where we're arguing about implementation of the rule for the next 10 years. FDA is starting a new rulemaking process under the Food Safety Modernization Act to change the compliance dates. For more on Gottlieb's plans, plus looks at some major farm bill issues, be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter today. Farm bill aid sought for school breakfast. School nutrition advocates see the new farm bill as a way to expand help for school meals. 
Two leading members of the House Agriculture Committee have introduced a bipartisan bill to increase the amount of commodities that USDA supplies for school meals. USDA commodity allotments are currently limited to school lunches. The bill introduced by Representatives Jim McGovern, a Democrat of Massachusetts, and Rodney Davis, a Republican of Illinois, would expand the program to school breakfast, providing six cents per meal served. McGovern said when it comes to helping kids learn, healthy meals are just as important as textbooks. The School Nutrition Association, which is backing the bipartisan legislation, hopes to get it included in the Farm Bill, according to spokeswoman Diane Pratt-Havner. The group also hopes there will be a Senate version of the breakfast measure. Legislation has already been introduced in both chambers that is aimed at using the Farm Bill to expand the existing farm-to-school grant program. Measures such as these could make the Farm Bill more appealing to Democrats and to urban lawmakers. Poverty rate down. The nation's poverty rate has fallen from 13.5% in 2015 to 12.7% in 2016, back to the pre-recession rate in 2007. But Jim Wheel, president of the Food Research and Action Center, which is working to prevent cuts in the Farm Bill nutrition programs, says that the report, quote, merely underscores that poverty in this country remains much too high. Federal and state governments need to be doing more to reduce poverty, not acting to undercut anti-poverty programs, he said. Senate Democrats defend estate tax. In a preview of the coming battle over tax reform, Senate Democrats are making the case that eliminating the estate tax would be a giveaway to a small number of very rich families. Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer and Ron Wyden, the top Democrat of the Senate Finance Committee, released data that showed that about two-tenths percent of families nationwide would benefit from repealing the tax. Schumer said repealing this tax is not a tax cut for the middle class. It's a tax cut for the wealthy elites in this country the president promised to stand up to. Republicans don't expect to get more than a handful of Democrats to vote for tax reform. So the bigger question is whether they want to take the political heat for repealing the estate tax and whether they can afford to offset the lost revenue, an estimated $269 billion over 10 years. Farm groups that oppose the tax argue that it forces producers to waste time and money on estate planning to ensure that it doesn't handcuff their heirs. Cobank commits to hurricane relief. Cobank says it's contributing $350,000 to hurricane relief efforts, including $230,000 to the American Red Cross. The Colorado-based cooperative bank that is part of the farm credit system also will give $50,000 each to the Texas Electric Cooperative Relief Fund and the Farm Credit System Relief Fund, as well $250,000 to the Texas Farm Bureau Foundation. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, September 13th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod Watkinson and Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Allen.